0: The <laughs> Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to Madame Magenta and the Arkati Killer, chapter dun-dun-dun!
1: I mean, that's appropriate, isn't it? That actually does feel very aptly named. Yes,
0: oh yes, yes. Although, uh, did it communicate the way I did it? Maybe you can do it better.
1: Dun-dun-dun!
0: That's it. That's how you pronounce it. All right, let's get on. It's very exciting at the moment, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Should we remind them what's happening?
1: Well, uh, so essentially, uh, the angel Gabriel has just removed Fazir's curse and given it to you which means that you are now uh, the enemy of all animals basically
0: yes let's... yes and i'm still trapped in the circle and uh what's the face elspeth's just taken a dagger and a bowl out of a bag it's very ominous yes right let's get on Elspeth kneels as close to the edge of the circle as possible without crossing its boundaries. The bowl and dagger are off to one side, in easy reach of her, not me, unfortunately. Reaching back with a fat stick of chalk, she rubs the bottom of her now bare feet, chanting under her breath. Shifting onto her haunches, Elspeth rubs chalk onto the upper side of her feet, including her minging hairy toes. It so happens that I also have hairy toes, but I'm not a psychopathic witch who thinks nothing of harvesting brains for using dark magic. As such, my toe hair is fine. Hers is making my stomach turn. Remembering how annoyed she became at my disruptions before, I plan to start singing in a mo. I say plan because I'm having trouble picking a song. All sorts of rubbish keeps popping into my head. Although I don't suppose it matters. Lady in red, come dancing with me, cheek to cheek. I change tack. Sweets for my sweet, sugar for my honey. Your first kiss thrilled me so. Elspeth isn't reacting. We're having a gangbang, we're having a ball. I yodel, we're having a gangbang against the wall. She's still chalking her feet with nary a flicker to indicate she can even hear me. Calling occupants of interplanetary craft. My voice cracks a little on any notes over Middle Sea, so I switch down a couple of octaves. Calling occupants of interplanetary most extraordinary craft. I boom and then lose heart. Oh, I say sadly, it's not working, is it? Magenta, Bernard shouts, struggling at his bonds. Without hesitation, Greg strides over and stretches a piece of gaffer tape over Bernard's mouth. Elspeth rises, still chanting, and lifts a foot towards the chalk outline. With a visible ripple in the air, she steps into the circle and walks towards me. Her movement is very deliberate, placing one foot in front of the other with frowns of concentration until she's standing directly in front of me, chalky footprints marking her passage. I tell you what, I'd like my foot to mark her passage, and no mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very very good. good. Yes, Yes.
1: Yes, you never miss a chance to slip in a little little, uh, one-liner, do you? Bum joke, yes, good.
0: Elspeth stops chanting and looks down at me, her pupils back to scarlet. I attempt to swallow the lump that's formed in my throat. Elspeth grins, features shadowed and nightmarish, then drops the grin abruptly. Shit. Chanting, she begins walking backwards, placing each foot carefully in each footprint. I'll say this for her, she's got good balance. Once outside the circle, she scoops up the dagger and bowl from the floor and heads back in again. Forgot your big knife, did you? I quaver as she approaches. What are you gonna do with that then? Don't forget Gabriel told you not to hurt me. Elspeth sneers.
1: This will only hurt for a while and then you will feel nothing.
0: How reassuring. In one quick movement, she lifts her arm and slashes at my face with the knife in a horizontal swipe. No! Bernard screams. Ah, I bellow as blood sheets into my eyes from the wound she's inflicted on my friggin' forehead. My head! I have no idea how deep it is. My adrenaline's pumping so hard I can't actually feel anything. But the horror of it is hitting me like a truck loaded with wriggling night terrors. Oh, God. Oh, 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 you've cut my head open. I scream, pulling at my restraints, blood now seeping into the corners of my mouth. The chair rocks backwards as I struggle. For a second, I'm suspended at an angle as it balances on only two legs before thumping back into position. Get away from her! Bernard cries through stinging eyes and red-tinted vision. I can just make out Bernard's fevered attempts to loosen his own bonds. Poor Bernard. This situation is arguably even worse for him. He's about to see his wife's brain being stolen. Oh, I shouldn't laugh.
1: <laughs> it is a bit funny, though, isn't it? It is
0: not it "'Oh, God!' I murmur and close my eyes in preparation for the next incision, my breath ragged in my throat. I wait. Several seconds pass. With difficulty, I peel my eyes open. Blood dries rather fast. Who needs lash-thickening mascara when you can just bleed directly onto them? Elspeth is still standing before me, eyes closed, one hand holding the knife and the other thrust deep in her bum bag like a soft-core tableau for goths. A low chant drips from her lips. Withdrawing her hand, Elspeth brings forth a pinch of dried brains. She rubs it between her fingers, reducing the lumpy residue to a still lumpy powder, before lifting her hand to my forehead and sprinkling it over my wound! Oh, what? I exclaimed, twisting my head away, nausea rising. Stop it! Oh, god, that's so disgusting, honestly. Oh. Elspeth starts to back out of the circle again, still chanting. I watch, waiting to see what other delights she has in store. I don't have to wait long. Once she reaches the area beyond the circle, something stirs within. Crumbs, I groan, blinking as a line of fresh blood reaches my eye. I lean my head back to direct the blood away. In the foggy distance, the speed and pitch of Elspeth's chanting increases until it becomes a thin scream above the pounding of my heartbeat. Now, just for a bit of context, allow me to explain that I have never considered my abilities as a medium, stroke, occultist, stroke, whatever, to come from a specific location within my body. I talk of my third eye, but only because that's an accepted way of referencing a sixth sense or an enhanced vision beyond the normal human spectrum. It also sounds like it could be referring to my bottom hole, which amuses me. But truth be told, I never considered that the power might literally reside anywhere in particular, not in between eyeballs nor up bum holes. At a push, if you ask me, I'd say it was a kind of blanket, often smothering, sometimes comforting, but never essentially me. Anyway, turns out I was wrong. The bit behind my forehead feels like it's going to explode and hurtle into the seventh dimension on a broomstick. It doesn't hurt, it simply feels like my skull has become an inconsequential abode for the multiverse residing within my bonds. The location of the third eye, it seems, is in one's brain. I twitch and gasp in my seat as compressed galaxies expand rapidly outwards from behind my eyes, a mini-bang with me as its host. My skull is the bowl in which the gods fish for their car keys. But despite the envelopment of my senses, an onslaught of colour and light that even Roger's decorating style couldn't rival, I'm receiving a very distinct understanding of what's happening. My power is swelling. My potential is bloating to twice, three times, four times the original size in the blinking of a heck. Blinking heck, I exclaim expressively. The curse is also growing. I feel it amongst the electric parade, strangely graceless and artificial, like a BT telecom box squashing in the middle of a field of tulips. It expands along with my powers. The sensations slow, as if reaching the natural limit of their reach. I become aware of my face once more, and my hands tied to the struts of the chair. I blink. Blood no longer drips into my eyes. The brain powder has probably aided clotting. Oh, God. Oh, that's so disgusting. Elspeth has moved in front of me again. She's not holding the dagger this time, thank God for that. Instead, she reaches forward and takes my chin in her hands and then she dips her head and licks my face. Oh God, she's licking my face. She's licking the curdled blood and brain powder from my face. Ha! She's stroking her tongue against the wound on my face, and then she stops and leans back and her friggin' mouth and chin are all red. Oh my god, at what level of trauma do you pass out? Because I'd really appreciate a little shut-eye right now. But no such luck. Consciousness continues to embrace me through the horror. One carefully placed foot at a time, Elspeth backs out of the circle. As she does, I feel a dragging sensation, as if a tooth is being extracted. And it turns out the roots are buried deep within my brain. I also feel as if all my flesh is trying to jump off my bones, but that's mainly a reaction to having a facial wound licked by another human being. But even stronger than that, and let me tell you, that's a very strong feeling indeed. I feel the drag of the amorphous but muscular cloud of newly formed power as it's pulled away from me. It's attached itself to Elizabeth. I close my eyes. The dragging sensation becomes ever stronger until there's a taut rope of energy between us. But I don't understand how something so intrinsically connected to me could ever separate from my body. Not in a healthy way, that is. One more tug and I suspect it'll take my sinuses with it. Elspeth takes the step that places her outside the circle. I feel a sharp and very final tug. It leaves behind my sinuses but removes the entirety of my power. I probe the absence. All my new power is gone. And my old power, that funny little background hum of power I've had since puberty, that's gone too. Also gone, the curse I've had since about five minutes ago. The blood is running into my eyes again, presumably because Elspeth loosened the scabs with her tongue. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, that's so disgusting. Oh, God. Anyway... I tilt my head again, which has the bonus of increasing the waves of dizziness and nausea. "'Magenta! Magenta!' Bernard shouts across the room. I suspect he's been shouting for a while, but I've not been able to hear it. "'I'm okay!' I call back weakly. I'm, I'm, "'I'm fine!' Elspeth, meanwhile, is chuckling. I can't see her very well because my head's still tipped back, but I can clearly hear the mad bent. "'Is this why I'm really here?' I ask, my voice creaking with exhaustion. Having my powers amplified and then sucked out must have burned a fair few calories. Always look on the bright side, eh? Is that what it's all been leading up to? All that violence and death, just to do what? Take my abilities? Yeah, thought of. She says, playfully cocking her head to the side like a cutesy friggin' mousketeer. Angry, bereft, I turn my head. I hear the tap of her heels as she moves away.
1: Although I could have used any of the gifted for the ritual.
0: She continues, her voice punctuated by the sudden glug and flow of a tap running.
1: So don't go thinking your powers are special, Magenta. Any one of those silly old cows would have sufficed at this stage.
0: I turn back. So it's just coincidence? The Sandra connection. The Roger connection. The Fazir connection. My voice rises. It's all just a bloody coincidence. I'm just another victim.
1: No, it's not a coincidence.
0: Elspeth concedes, raising her voice over the sound of the sink filling.
1: You might not be spectral, Magenta, but you were convenient. You were right to mention Fazir. His obsession with you is the reason your brain isn't sitting in my fanny pack. I encouraged him to kidnap you, as it allowed me the freedom to make my own plans while ostensibly following his lead.
0: Does Fazir know about the murders?
1: Of course not. He's just unwittingly paid for them.
0: Elspeth laughs, villain style.
1: (laughs) He didn't even realise it was my idea to kidnap you.
0: You're evil, I point out, perhaps unnecessarily. Oh,
1: don't inflict your simplistic black-and-white morality on me. Elspeth sneers. But it is black-and-white. You have powdered brains in your bum bag. (laughs) It's a good line. <laughs> it's a good line. I hope when the film is made of this, that line stays in, because I want to deliver that one.
0: Absolutely. Bernard points out from across the room. <laughs> I nod. You've killed people for personal gain, I say.
1: You've got someone else's blood on your face and you laugh when you reveal your plans. Bernard
0: concludes. tush Elspeth says and turns the tap off.
1: Greg, wipe away the circle.
0: Greg dutifully gathers a wet sponge from the sink and heads towards the circle, where he kneels and begins scrubbing. He's very obedient. Elspeth must have some fancy tricks up her velveteen bloomers to have that kind of control. I stare at her, this woman with her wiles. I can't see the wiles, but I do detect the aura of esoteric power that now surrounds her. I'm not the only one to detect it. Dave has started to emit a low, intense growl. He's crouched protectively in front of Bernard, his eyes fixated on Elspeth. Whereas the earlier growl had a note of warning to it, the intent on his face now is of a different, darker flavor. He looks utterly ferocious and completely unlike the Dave I know so well. It's the curse. Elspeth unwittingly sucked the curse out of me and took it upon herself, unaware that it too had grown. The revulsion and hatred Dave felt briefly for me must be nothing compared to what he now feels for Elspeth. ''Are you going to let us go now?'' I ask, hopefully, hesitantly, watching the sinister Greg finish his work with the chalk. Unsurprisingly, his work is almost preternaturally precise. Elspeth studies me.
1: ''I wasn't going to,''
0: she says idly.
1: I was going to have Greg take care of you, but I don't fancy that angel turning vengeful. Luckily for you, I don't know what they're capable of, whereas you're certainly no threat to me now, not in your state."
0: With that slight, which hurts not a jot and leaves me feeling overwhelmingly relieved, she turns on her heel and heads to the door. Dave is still growling, of course, but he won't attack unless she approaches Bernard. Or me, of course. I assume that now the curse is lifted, I'm just mumsy to him again. This realisation immediately prompts me to burst into messy tears. Oh dear, I'm quite the wet blouse today. Elspeth turns to Greg before she exits.
1: Release Magenta, then follow me upstairs. She can untie the others.
0: Elspeth turns to me.
1: Goodbye, Magenta. You've been useful. Enjoy your life as a non-entity.
0: So that's the end of the chapter. Yeah, so I have no powers.
1: You have no powers. I,
0: I'm surprised they're not going to murder us, though, because, um, well.
1: I mean, you, we there's could. There's two
0: police officers. We could
1: there. absolutely go to the police with All <laughs> any the information number of, of. who they are. Pieces of evidence. And, Roger and her. But, but then she's so powerful now, maybe she thinks that the mere. the mortal police are no threat to her.
0: It seems like an oversight. You know, I reckon Greg's going to still take care of us. Do
1: you think so? I
0: think he's going to try. I think Although the fact that I'm sitting here with us
1: right now... I I mean, it's pretty clear we do escape. I think we survive the book. I would think that's a a fair approximation, But
0: I reckon Greg's going to have a go at, you
1: know... Yes, well, I mean, he he's pretty psychotic, isn't he? But he is under Elspeth's thrall. Oh, I don't know. It's very confusing and complicated.
0: I mean, who knows if this oversight is by Elspeth or I, the writer of the book.
1: <laughs> it's An all, uh, an ongoing question. I'm glad that Gabriel didn't turn into the deus ex machina we thought he might do.
0: Well, no. I mean, that would have been a hell of an ending, wouldn't I, it? I, Gabriel I, turns
1: up, again. goes,
0: bish bash bosh, that's the end Job of that. Job done. Yes, yeah.
1: I wouldn't have thought you would have done that.
0: No. Anyway, we we're on about 94%. We've only got 6% of the book left. Yes, we're marching towards the end, aren't we? <gasps> Exciting. So, dear readers, do tell us how you think this is going to end. And and let us know if you want What was the bum bag line?
1: Uh, you have got powdered, you've got powdered, brains powdered in your
0: brains in your bum bag. Let us know if you want that on a t-shirt. That's quite good. That's merch. another one, isn't it?
1: Yes. It is. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Whoa.
0: Check out this place. You'd love to retire here?
1: What is this? Oh, God. What have you done? Ah! Spaceships. Season 2. Out now on podcast platforms across the galaxy.